This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It sure Finals is. Finals footy. It's the best. Finals it's literally the best. Footy. I know I say a lot of stuff is the best or I say that's the dream or something like that. Mm. But the first week of the finals, that actually is the best. That is the dream. It's my favorite. It's my favorite weekend of the entire year. I absolutely love it. I could not agree more. It's, you know, it, it always sort of coincides with the NFL season starting. It always coincides with spring starting. Like it's, it's a great time of the year. The birds are chirping. Pigskins are flying. Steedens are flying. We're flying. Everything's everyone's, flying. Everyone's standing up a little bit straight. Everyone's, everyone's sort of got their look in their eyes. Like, hey, hey, it's time, time, time to get serious. Yeah. I'll tell time, you to stop, fl- time to stop fucking around. Here we go. Who was flying yesterday? Tiana Penitani out of the line to put on <laughs> one of the best shots I've ever seen in the women's game. As the Sharks, I mean, mathematically kept their season alive with a, with a gritty, let's say, 16-8 win at Shark Park. Yeah, gritty's definitely the word. Um, we got to start with with Penitani. I thought this was one of the best games that that, that she's had in, in in quite a while. I I always think it's really good when you see a winger or a center who's a top level athlete who finds a way to use that athleticism to impact so many different parts of the game. And I thought mm. that's what Penitani did really really well. And it wasn't just with a with that shot. You know, even though defense was on all night, I thought she was really busy in yardage. She looked really good in good ball as well. Maybe a little bit fortunate to score that very strange try that she did end up getting. But um, yeah, a real a real captain's knock from her. And I actually think it was some of the Sharks' sort of biggest names that kind of pulled this one out of the fire for him. Um, I thought Holly Wheeler was really handy at lock. I think her passing really sort of opens up a lot of things for Cronulla's, for Cronulla's attack. And Wheeler's sort of one of those players who I think is is like her, like I know she's sort of in the veteran class these days, but I feel like there's still some really good footy in front of us. She was the Harvey Norman women's premiership player of the year. They announced that during the week. So even though she has been around for a while, I feel like her sophistication as a ball player is, is, is only getting better. And she's someone who's still going to like, still has a fair bit to do at the top level of women's rugby league. And then Tonegato as well. I still don't really like her at five, eight. And I feel like a lot of the plays that she made in this game were because she's a good football and of course she's becoming a good five, eight, but sometimes talent, overwhelms fit you know i still mm. like i still don't think she has like a, a natural feel for the position but sometimes when you're really good that shit doesn't matter you know if you're faster than everyone else and you know you're sharper than everyone else then you can be playing front row and, and you'll still you'll still make the difference you know yeah yeah i completely agree she's not faster than tegan berry who again i thought had a great effort in in a, in a losing team she's been in my opinion one of the standout players in the competition this year and a large part of why the dragons were sort of playing for their finals hopes in this one. But yeah, they come up just short. And Nick, honest to God, if the Canberra Raiders men's team had scored that Penitani try against Souths, I think I would have walked into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that was straight out of the Ricky Stewart playbook. You need to, you blue- need to, you, you need to get rid of this hatred that you have for bullshit tries and embrace, and embrace the bullshit. It. Yeah, Embrace it. Man. This was an absolute bullshit try. <laughs> oh, it really was. Yeah. It's great it's, it's, stuff. There's good stuff though. And what's crazy is we'd already seen a bit of a bullshit try in the, the first half. Nathan Wong Tyler try. Nathan Wong uh, sort of dived on that loose ball that oh, I can't remember which Sharks player it was. I think it might've been Jada Taylor. Fumbled it in the in goal and Tyler Nathan Wong was, was on the spot. So 
like shit was afoot as mm. it often is at Shark Park. You know what I'm saying? Um, for the Dragons, yeah, I thought I thought Berry was was busy certainly, but maybe didn't quite have the explosive impact that she's had in past weeks. And then without her, the Dragons attack kind of struggled mm. to to get that sort of stuff going. I I really I really think Nathan Wong um, will be will be extremely handy once she probably just gets a little bit more experience playing league at the top level. Like you can see some of that rugby sevens background coming in sometimes like she's an extremely slippery slippery runner you know and she probably just needs a little bit more time to adjust and a little bit more time to keep going with that combination with with racine mcgregor but yeah i i, I kind of felt like this was this like the sharks marquee name sort of really won on this one I, I do want to give a quick shout out to dragon center uh shania lindill who I, i'm not i'm not 100 sure of a background but she has the look of someone who's only just come to league recently, but is just like super, super keen, mm. you know, really throws herself around and attack and defense. Like I, I think she's a real, a real player of the future. And I also want to shout out, shout out um, Cortez Tapao, who scored a try for the Dragons. She's a rookie this year. has got like three or four tries already this season, but Darcy McDonald had a really good anecdote about her on the sidelines. She said that like Cortez Tapao has a rugby background. She wanted to start playing league. So she just sent an email around to, every Harvey Norman women's premiership team and the bears got back to her and she started playing for him. And now she's playing in RLW. And I love, I love stories like that. You don't really get them in the men's game. No, but like, I always remember like growing up, uh, Michael Devere was one. Michael Devere wrote a letter to all 20 NRL clubs in 1996, asking for a chance. And the only ones who got back to him were the Broncos. They ended up playing, ended up playing like winning premierships for playing for Australia and getting his his head stapled on national television. Well, that and that that was like that's the dream. Yes, that, really that, is. that is the dream, getting stapled on live television. You oh. know, so I love that. I love that the women's game still has space for for stories like that. You know, but um, yeah, I feel like the Dragons have have overachieved this year relative to their roster, definitely. Um, but over the course of a season, and particularly the season's pretty long. You mm. do kind of regress to your talent level at some point, you know, and that kind of happened to them at the very worst time. Yeah. So both, I mean, not a great result for the Dragons final. So obviously they now need either of the Broncos or the Raiders to lose out if they want to catch them. So the Raiders yeah. have, the Raiders would have to lose this weekend to the Cowboys and then next week uh, to the Titans or the Broncos would have to lose this week to the Tigers and then next week. Oh, to the Dragons. So I guess that the Dragons do keep it in their own hands a tiny bit if uh, Brisbane lose this week. But uh, we shall see. We shall see. Never good when you're doing footy math. No, it's not great. You know? I'm sorry. For not, bringing... it's, 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 it's not good for the soul. It's not good for the spirit. Yeah, apologize you know? like... to listeners for making bringing math into this, so, especially so early on <laughs> we've all, in the like, we've, all, we've, we've all been there. We've all fired up the ladder predictor, like, you know, but it's not, it's not good for you. It's not yeah, good I've spent the last two days trying to get South in the finals, and no matter what I do, Hasn't been working. Keep but, trying. Okay. You, you'll, you'll crack the code eventually. Construction. Go again. You got Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to slow your brain. Campo, as I said last week, we will be benching What About This Bloke for the final series, but that is because we have a brand new segment for the next couple of weeks, Slow Your Brain. 
Yes. So our beloved, uh, what about this guy? So it has been benched, but only temporarily over the course of the final series. Some of your favorite idiots from the mm. Boom Rookies extended universe. Renowned idiots. Will be assembled into a battle royale of footballing trivia knowledge where the only escape is victory and the punishment for for failure. Death, death. itself. That's right. Well, uh, maybe not death, but perhaps a fate worse than death, which is not being, uh, not boasting the title of a true yep. rugby league freakazoid on the trivia front. You know? And I will... Uh, go to the party shop and buy a trophy for the winner at some point. Yes. Bungard and I are not permitted to enter. I am not allowed to enter uh, wages of chance anymore after losing my soul in a fiddle contest to the devil when I was mm. in America. What'd you do with the second smaller silver fiddle? Well, you know, what does anyone do with those sorts of things? I threw it in the mighty Mississippi river because runner up prizes are for losers. That's right. Okay. So uh, if you, uh, fans of other sports, um, I have basically just co-opted this exact concept from, from a very popular soccer podcast, but replacing the trivia with Rugby League. So let's meet our first two quarterfinalists. After crushing his way through the Tasmanian regionals, this Panthers diehard is hoping for a similar era of dominance. He's here to take names and put them in his substack. It's Ben, the inglorious bastard, Quagliata. Ben, welcome. Yes, hello. It's good to be here. All right. So, ben, how are you feeling you about your chances? Um, I, I'm not built for trivia, so I'm not confident. But I will do as I do in the rest of my life and fake it. Quags, what's the live site in Hobart like right now? Is it bigger than all the Matildas games? Is all oh, the Mania showing up for their guy? There's thousands of people down here. The whole family's turned up, mate. 10,000 Quaglomaniacs no, packed into the Blundstone Arena. <laughs> nothing nothing like a Tasmanian family reunion. Am I right, <laughs> fellas? Yeah, exactly uh, right. Exactly right. And his opponents. This bloke's seen it all in the world of footy, and the only thing he loves more than a random footy fact is a roughie in the hottest 100. He's pried himself away from watching Tamana Tahu highlights to be here. It's Jack, the oil man, Brady. I like that we've got both ends of the spectrum here, because Ben is very laissez-faire, not taking this seriously at all. Jack Brady only knows I'm one just, speed. I'm just glad to be a quarter-finalist by only saying yes. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to say why are we starting with the quarterfinals. Well, there's eight. That's eight people. Couldn't we have just said the round of eight? The round of eight. Yes, because final. The final, round of eight. The hateful quarter, eight. Quarterfinals implies that there was something before this. There was nothing before. No, it this. doesn't. Like, there were. Yes, be, yes, it does. Because no, it doesn't. There had to have been some sort of preliminary round for that. That's not true. Yeah, for that's, this to nah, even be nah, any nah, kind nah, of nah. final. What do you mean? Quarter, semi, whatever. Hang on. No, no, no. The, if you have eight people, it's the quarterfinals. And it's it's set up like this so we can have one matchup on every show. And then in grand final week, we have the grand final. That's exactly why it's set up the way it is. It feels like a scam, man. That's all I'm saying. Ben will be playing first. Jack, you cannot steal, but I will throw to you for any of the answers Ben doesn't know, just to see if you know the answers. There is a tiebreaker if you are both tied. For listeners, it is five questions each. You get more right, you go through to the semis. That's how it works. Was I meant to study for this? Uh, you could have, but like, can't, I mean... It can't hurt, Ben. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. I will say, I will say to the pizza, the people listening to this, 
if you know the answer to the question, be sure to yell it as loudly as, as you loudly can. as possible. And if you hear somebody else yell the answers, then you know that you've come across a fellow listener and you can have you a great conversation see me in about the which one of these Hobart. idiots wins the competition. Hit me over the head when I get a question wrong. You oh, me don't street. do that. <laughs> Leave him alone. Okay. Ben, question number one. Two players have kicked five field goals this year. Nathan Cleary is one of them. Who is the other? Is it Cherry Evans? I don't know here. Uh, did you know that one, Jack? Nah, I would have been guessing as well. The first person that came to mind was Valentine Holmes. Right team, wrong guy. It's Chad Townsend. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Ben, question two. Who did Manly play before Jeff Toovey's famous There's Gotta Be an Investigation press conference? Fucking hell. <laughs> um... Feel free to show your work, man. Think out loud. Yeah, take your time. What year was that? Can I ask that? No, that was no. Yeah, of course not. There are no clues here. This isn't a baby trivia challenge. Yeah, come son. on. I think um, you can rule out the dolphins, mate. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I was trying to get. That's what I was getting at. Right. So that leaves me with fifteen other teams. Well, it's not manly. Uh, true. Forty. Here we go. He's, he's working it out. <laughs> I've got two in my mind. I'm just going to go again. It's a guess, but I'm just going to go Parramatta. I don't know here. Did you know that one, Jack? Of course I didn't. I'll go Bulldogs. <laughs> ah, it was Souths. There, ah, there you go. Okay. Great, guys. Ben, question three. Radio. Who was New South Wales' top point scorer in this year's Origin Series? Oh, fuck me. You can't say that to every question. <laughs> well, At least you know, scoring points. an error of confidence, my man. The oh, questions man. aren't going to fuck you, bro. <laughs> was it Stephen Crichton? It was. He's yeah, on the board. guys. All right, two to go. Ben, name one of either of the two players who led the league in 4020s. I feel like Nathan Cleary is too obvious an answer. Um, is Cherry Evans one of them? I don't know here. No, again, right team, wrong guy. I was going to say, is it Lachlan Croker? It is one it of them. Is. You should have gone with Lachlan Croker. Do you know the other one, Jack? Uh, Mitch Moses. It's Reed Marnie. I was going to say Croker. I don't know why. Trust no. your gut, Quags. I know, I and know. question five, Ben. What is the highest attended grand final of the Stadium Australia era? Ooh. You can give me the matchup or the year. I think so. Doubt it was last year, just because Penrith aren't that historically bigger fan base. A lot bigger now than they used to be. True. 21 obviously wasn't there. 20. Was COVID, so it was cut. 18, 19. Was it the 2014? I don't know here. Ah, it was not. It was, not. It was uh, Jack, do you know this one? I think it's 1999, is it not? It, it, it is indeed, 1999. Yeah. So uh, it makes you feel any better, Ben. 2014 is the correct answer for the current configuration of Stadium Australia. Ah, uh, I've been done. No, so, I uh, said. You're, you're partially correct but mm. mostly incorrect yeah one out of five so jack you need two to win are you ready sure all right question watch, watch, one watch, watch me watch me get none yeah <laughs> you all right two players have scored 200 points this year jermaine asako is one who is the other i think it's a tough one i'm trying to think for the teams First person that came to mind was Adam Reynolds. So I'm just going to back my instinct. I don't know here. 
Your instincts have led you astray yet again, Jack. Did you know this one, Ben? <laughs> I was going to say Valentine Holmes. Uh, no, it's Nick Meany. No. No, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Jack, question two. Who did Newcastle play before Nathan Brown's famous Little Head press conference? Jesus Christ. Um, let's go south. I don't know here. This is a quality quarterfinal matchup. Who did we beat to get here? <laughs> this is this is this is like if Canberra were playing themselves. Did you know this one? Did you know this in one? The, in, the, in the fifth versus eighth matchup. I, have, is, I don't even know the press. I don't even know the press conference. I got no idea. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I just assumed Wayne would have been at South End. So uh, Wayne was involved, but it was Brisbane. Okay, so I want to add a two. Ben, you're still in this. Jack, question three. Who was Queensland's top point scorer in this year's Origin Series? Um, was it Valentine Holmes? It was. All there right. Go, he's <laughs> One he's all. Up. He's leveled up. Okay, this is to win Jack Brady. you got two cool questions, and then there's a tiebreaker if you get them both wrong. Question four. Two match. Two match points. Two good. match points. Name one of the three players who averages more than one try per game this year, excluding one game players. So you can't go old mate from the storm last week. Oh, uh, yeah. So not Sua far longer. Unfortunately. Uh, I had a look at the only thing I researched today was try scorers, and I didn't look at the strike rates. However, I have a feeling that surely based on his slower start to the season. Is Jason Saab one of them? I don't know here. He is no? not. He's okay. not. Uh, ben, did you know? Did you Did you know? My first, the first place my mind went was Val Tavaro. Uh, no, also, oh. also wrong. So oh, one of them is, good. one of them was obvious and two of them were not. So the obvious oh. one was Dallin with Tenny Zalesniak. Oh, yeah. And then the other two were lesser known, Tao Tao Monga and Dean Mariner. But DWZ was the one that you were supposed to get. Well, I thought Val scored like five and four or something. Like, Yeah, no, no. No, no. But, right. As a prominent former Dragons official, you should have got Tao Tao Monga, Jack. Yeah, shout out to a friend of the show, TB, who I gave the questions to on Friday when we were at the pub before the Souths game. And he did not get DWZ, but he did get Tao Tao Monga. <laughs> Incredible. That's, right, that's, that's yeah, rugby league autism not- at its very best. Yeah. I would, I would like to see Jason Subs match up because I don't think, I think it's he missed the first couple of seven games. per game, Brady. I've question, got in front of he's me right questioning now. the quiz master. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm, no, I'm just curious as to what Jason Point seven Subs per game. Well, you can look that up on your own time, Jack. I, I heard you the first time, Bunga. Um... <laughs> he scored 14 tries in 19 games. Okay. Oh. Question five for the win. What is the lowest attended grand final of the Stadium Australia era, excluding COVID? Obviously, it has to be a GF uh, without a Sydney team. I think that's probably the safest way to go about it. So, let me just run through my head. Uh, I feel like there's only been one of them. Uh, I probably could be wrong. Uh, but is it Broncos Cowboys in 20, whatever, 15, 16, whatever yeah. the year that was? I don't know here. It is not. We're Your logic extra, was good. We're going to extra time. Your baby. logic was good, but it's it's actually 06 Broncos Storm. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, sound logic, but <laughs> wrong answer. It's a, it's about 100 fewer than attended Cowboys Storm in 2017, which is what golden I thought the answer was. No one asked for. Before I looked it up. Yep, the golden point that no one asked for. So here is how it is going to work. There is only one question. <laughs> Um, ben, I'll get you to privately message me your answer to this question. And then, Jack, I'll get you to say your answer on the air. That way we avoid. All right. 
So the Western Suburbs Magpies in 1909 have the fewest points scored per game in the history of this great game. To the nearest decimal place, how many points per game did they score? So, uh, Ben, if you could message me your answer privately. and As then in I'll up until you. whenever they got kicked out? No, it's one season over the course of oh, one right. season. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. 1909, you said? 1909 per game. Okay. And whoever's closer is going through. You know how they always like to start the finals with like a marquee matchup on <laughs> Friday night? Okay. I'm, I'm glad we didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, the, it was the, the, the other... There was supposed to be Martin Journalism Gabor versus Jasper the Chaser Bruce, but uh, scheduling shunted them to the second quarterfinal. I was going to say that's a like that's that's two that's two number one seeds who are somehow yeah, meeting. That's Federer and Nadal in this the quarters. Is, this is instead UMBC we've got and... instead we've got Andrew Illy playing Wayne Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Ben has sent me his guess, Jack. So to the nearest decimal place, how many points per game did the 1909 Magpies score? Uh, two and a half. Jack Brady said 2.5. The answer is 4.2. Ben Quagliata guessed 4.8. So advancing is Ben Quagliata. He's done it. <laughs> well done, mate. Oh, cue oh. delirium in the apple oh. aisle. Oh, my, the, 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 I can, home. I'm seeing the sparklers going off in Salamanca right now. The, the oh, I'll tell you what. The, the diehard fans of both Bruce and Gabor are licking their lips. <laughs> At, at the semi-final prospects, but you've done it, Ben. You're through. Jack, would you like to apologize to your fans before we get out of here? Uh, safe to assume I don't have any now, <laughs> so uh, I have nothing to apologize for. The other Ampel than the Jason Sarp believers. The Ampel share price is sewer. <laughs> and you know what that means? Research as well, Campo. alternative fuels is it means, underway as we speak. It means that should Penrith run into Newcastle at any point in the finals, Penrith are going to win. That's the rules. Can I also apologize? Just for, for what? what we've Was just that- heard. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yeah, look, a combined two out of 10 is not great, but hey, you nailed the tiebreaker, Ben. You nailed it. So great job by you. All right, fellas, thank you. My so- first guess was 12, and then I cut it down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there oh, you go. If there's one lesson that you can take away from this, guys, it's don't trust your instincts ever. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. Except when you should. Indeed. Well, that was fun. Well, we can only hope that that's the worst performance that we'll see in the first week of the finals. <laughs> am I talking about Jack or am I talking about Ben? I'm talking about them both. Jesus Christ, guys. Get it but, together. But they had a go and that's all that matters. Now Ben gets to have another go in a couple of weeks' time. So that's that's great. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so what, I think when we did them before, I think you got, what, seven, six or seven of them? I, yeah, I got something like that. I'm, I'm, I used to be really, really good at footy trivia. I'm not as good as I used to be, and I'm gonna. I would have been especially bad on this one just because I've missed a huge chunk of the season. I was just away for it, so a lot of the details are still gonna slip through the cracks a little bit. But um, yeah, but if you need more excuses as to why, <laughs> as to why I didn't get ten out of ten, I can provide them. Oh man, I wouldn't expect they, they, they were some of the questions are quite hard. I wouldn't expect. Many ten out of tens. If you are listening to this and you got ten out of ten, reach out. We could we could have a slot for you. Good. Imagine imagine that a wild card entrance. Well, you just told the Michael Devere anecdote. So you know, someone if you got ten out of ten, get in touch. You can have the eighth spot. Only you got to send a letter though. You have to. You got to. You got to send a letter. Has to be by the post. (laughs) Where are they mailing it to? My house. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. 
I well, mean, just uh, just say your address now for everyone. Of course, so they can, so they can send in those letters. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say yours, but all I know is the suburb. <laughs> you just moved. That many you in your house yet? Have you have you seen that video of, of um, Vince Staples explaining why he never has anyone over to his house? No, <laughs> he pretty much says like, "I don't have anyone in my house because I think they'll just rob me." And, I, go, and the guy goes, "Well, what about your friends?" And he goes, "Yeah, my friends will rob me. Like, mm. no, no one's coming over." Well, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing at my new place. That's what I'm doing at the hilltop. No one's that, coming over. That's fair. And the storm will be hoping they can go to the Broncos' house this evening and rob them of a home preliminary final as they look to extend the game's most dominant streak, 14-0 in their last 14 meetings. But I think, Nick, that it's fair to say on paper, this is the biggest gap in quality between these two teams that I can remember in that stretch of games. I'm going to drop two takes on you. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to heat things up early. I think Brisbane are going to wreck Melbourne. Well, okay. I think, they, I, I, I think, I think they're really going to they're really going to take him to the cleaners. I think they're going to physically dominate him in the middle of the field. And I don't think Melbourne's going to be able to stand up to Brisbane's speed or incision on the edges. And on the back of that, I think Brisbane's going to win the comp. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I feel like while, 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 you know, Penrith are still great and all that sort of thing. And I probably, those two will probably meet in the grand final. I just think Brisbane have got a hunger to them that Penrith cannot possibly match. Like in the, in their in their third year in their third in, like chasing their third premiership and in their fourth year of being this dominant. Like I know Penrith is still great and I know they're still hungry and all that. They cannot they cannot want it as bad as Brisbane do and Brisbane want it very 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 badly. You know what I mean? You can see that in the way Walsh plays or the way Carrigan plays or the way Haas plays. This is a team that's been after success in a they've been craving success you know, yearning for it for a, for a long, long time now. And now it's so, it's so, so close for them. I think that's going to spur a real lift in performance. And I think that's going to, I think that's going to start tonight. I think the hoodoo is going to be broken. Yeah, mate. Uh, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I tipped them publicly in, in my preview column yesterday, but yeah, like it, it's surprising to me that you would get, a lot of pushback on the second take you just had, because I agree with you. I think they're a red hot chance of winning the comp, but there are for some reason, a lot of people just rubbishing the idea of Brisbane going all the way. And I think a large part of that might genuinely just be because they're called Brisbane and because they've not been one of the top teams and they haven't made the finals in three years. I think if, if I think if literally the storm were playing the exact footy that Brisbane were playing this year with the exact players and the exact style, they'd be, they'd be being talked. They'd be as, heavy favorites as Penrith are, but because it's a team coached by Kevin Walters, who still gets treated like a bit of a joke by a lot of fans and honestly, some, some TV shows as well. And on top of that, it's a team that, you know, has not, I mean, I think Adam Reynolds has more finals games than the rest of the squad combined. Um, So you throw those things together. And I think those are some like little reasons why some people aren't maybe giving them the respect that they should, but I absolutely agree with you. I think that there's, Really, realistically, only one team that's like a credible chance of stopping Penrith this year, and that's the Broncos. And like, I think a distant third is maybe the Knights, just because of the way they match up against some of these teams. But yeah, tonight, I, I, I agree, mate. I think that the hoodoo, all hoodoos have to end. South, South Except beat them in South Melbourne. Melbourne. No, South beat them in Melbourne earlier this year at the same <laughs> at the same venue. So, so there's no reason why they they can't turn them over here. I think. 
Yeah, look, it's it's an interesting point that you make. I, I I kind of feel like a lot of people are acting as if like the way we talk about the competition, we talk about like Penrith's the only good team. You know what I mean? Every other team sort of really gets picked apart in a in a in a in a very sort of uh, nitpicking way, I would think. Um and I do think that this has been a strange year in terms of the overall quality of the competition. You know, Penrith and Brisbane have kind of been the two standout sides all season, but like like most people aren't convinced about the Warriors. Like the Knights have been have been great for the last nine weeks, but winning the comp from outside the top four is really, really hard. You know, I don't think anyone's that high on the Roosters or that high on the Sharks. Everyone is off the Raiders and 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 rightfully so. And I think that kind of plays into the into how Melbourne have risen up to third because I think I don't think this is a particularly outstanding Melbourne Storm team. I just think it's they've got a really high base level of competence. I think they've got a really high floor. Uh, offsetting that is I think their ceiling is actually mm. quite low. And if you, if you look at the 17 that they're throwing out there, I think there's, there's stuff that would have Brisbane sort of licking their lips a little bit. Like, I don't know what's going on with Justin Olam and Remus Smith, but they both seem to have fallen well out of favor. Marion Seve and young Tony Mapia are both pretty solid and they've been pretty solid for the storm at different times this season. But if you're Brisbane and you've got Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth and Reese Walsh looping out the back and Adam Reynolds calling the shots and Ezra Mam slicing people up, you're going to look at Seve and you're going to look at Tonomapia and you're going to look at Trent Loyero one foot one one man further in and think, man, we can really, we can really do something here. You know, or you're going to look at their look at their forward pack. Christian Welsh, I think, has had like a, a again, a solid season coming back from that from that injury, but I don't think he's quite gotten back mm. to what he was before that. And then outside of that, they've got Nelson Osafa Solomona, who of course is fantastic. But then the rest of their middles are Tom Eisenhuth, Bronson Garlic, Josh King, and Tui Kamakamitha. Yeah. You know? And Brisbane are coming at coming at that with Flegler, Haas, Carrigan. And you know, like I I just see advantages for Brisbane all over the park. I see ways that they're gonna be able to get get their game on. They're gonna be able to do all the things that they do well. And I don't think Melbourne are quite going to be able to, to to restrict them or stop them in the way. The the biggest issue for me in this game isn't so much about what Melbourne might do to Brisbane; it's what Brisbane might do to Brisbane. Like I'm like talks before about how hungry they, are, how how like how desperate they are for success. There have been games this year, just regular season games at Suncorp, where they've gotten totally carried away and they've wanted it too bad, and as a result, they've been sloppy or they haven't sort of put in the the process that they need to for a victory. They've kind of just expected mm. to walk out there and get it, you know? So they the do big have thing that in them. Me, that's true. Yeah. The big thing for me in this one is like, as long as they don't get ahead of themselves, as long as like they don't totally get over their skis, as long as they mm. go through the process of, of, of what they need to do to win this game, I think they will, they will win it. They will win it well, you know? And like they are, they are a young side. They don't have a heap of finals experience outside of one or two guys. But I'm sort of I'm sort of tipping that youthful exuberance to be a, like a propelling force rather than something that weighs them down. Yeah, people say, "Oh, you got to lose one to win one," but also like a bunch of these guys have big game experience this year in State of Origin. Just because the Broncos yeah. haven't been good for a couple of years doesn't mean they don't have big game. And on, on top of that, like again, not to, not not to try and blow smoke up the ass of our Broncos listeners, but like an average Broncos crowd during the season might be bigger than than a lot of finals game crowds anyway. So. I don't know if that that is an area for concern. And the, the thing with the Storm, mate, is that like all year, I feel like there's probably been 10 different preview shows where we've gone through the teams and gone, yeah, look, the forwards, yeah, they they probably don't have the advantage. Yeah, their backs aren't great, but 
They got Monster, they've got Grant, they've got Hughes, and they've got and they've got Meany playing okay. But in this game, apart from Hooker, and even Billy Walters has been quite good in the last few weeks, apart from that number nine spot, there is no advantage in the spine either. Like Adam Reynolds is playing unbelievably well. And if he can get through the next month without sort of his his sort of lingering muscle injury issues coming up, then they're going to be sweet. And then of course, Ezra Mam is firmly in the five eighth of the year conversation going up against Cam Munster. Um, and then Reese Walsh, forget about it. Like that's that's the that's along forget with Caleb about Ponger, it. Uh, he's walking here. He's going to be walking all over <laughs> Suncorp Stadium, and he, along with Caelan Ponger, is the form fullback in the competition right now. So, like, honestly, I, I, I'm struggling to find a place outside of Harry Grant where it's the Storm have a clear positional advantage. But simultaneously with that, they're not like they love they'd love to be going to this game as like the massive underdogs, and they are the betting underdogs. But I don't really know if they're the media narrative underdogs to any great extent. Like a lot of the chat's been about how do you stop Reese Walsh? And I thought Bellamy's answer yesterday was great. If you saw that, he said with a double barrel shotgun, which you know, fair enough. But how are you going to get? How are you going to get close enough to him to shoot him with a double barrel shotgun? That's a really good. That is a close range weapon. Yeah, he's just going to run away. He's really fast. I mean, if you can, if you're close enough to get him with a shotgun, you can just tackle him. So. So maybe maybe get maybe get a sniper. Which, maybe that's which, why Justin Ollum's not not playing. He's up in the stands with a sniper rifle. That's what he's been storm, training on all year. Player, which storm player is most likely to take a double barrel shotgun onto the field and try and shoot Reese Walsh? Nelson Asafa Solomona. No, no, no. See, that's incorrect. Nelson Asafa Solomona craves the the that's visceral true. the visceral nature that only hand to hand combat can provide. It, is it is it is it a clean cut guy you wouldn't expect like Josh King? Well, Josh King's definitely he he's he's gone hunting before. He's gone shooting, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Jo- Josh Josh King's the one. Josh King and Nick Meany, they've been they've they've just they've just come back from Narrabri. They've been pigging. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna whip out the rifles and see how we go. But yeah, it's interesting, mate, because I agree with you that Brisbane are gonna win comfortably. But at the same time, like it's the Melbourne Storm, it's the finals, and they're playing at SunCorp, and they're they're playing a team that they just don't lose to. So there's got to be, there's, there's, there's reasons to be hopeful for them. And I think obviously that starts with their spy and just all playing. If, if all those guys, it doesn't matter what everyone else in your team does. If those guys click on the same night, you're in the contest at worst. And that's, that's, that's a baseline. If all those guys play really well. And on top of that, in a lot of these Broncos games this year, like we've seen them sort of, not not an arm wrestle, but sort of go back and forth with a team for about 50, 55 minutes and then pull away late. They'll get a Cobo try. They'll get a Reese Walsh try in the last 20 minutes and, and we'll look up and it'll be, oh, they won 32 to 14. How the fuck did that happen? It was 14 all 10 minutes ago. But the Storm do have their trump card off the bench in Ryan Pappenhaus, who apparently still does have his hair. We were, we yeah, were, what's going on there? What the, we saw, a, we saw foot because we saw the Instagram video that he was in the other day, and his hair was cut. And at that point, we put a line through the Melbourne Storm's premiership hopes, and rightfully so. But then the the, the club was quick to act on social media yesterday, informing informing us that he did in fact still have the hair. So if, if what he, the fuck happened? If he runs out tonight and the Barnett's going, like if he's got a full salad still. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start a conspiracy theory that he has been replaced by a body double, Avril Levine style. That's my favorite conspiracy theory because yeah. it's true. Yeah, um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say that you know Ryan Pappenhausen was retired, and they and they have hired somebody to take on his personality to to replace him. Yeah, in the in in the storm lineup. I'm happy. I think, I'm happy I think to go with that. To it. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think you're sort of you're, you're right about that Melbourne spine. Like the 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 thing that always jumps out about them, or to or the thing that jumps out to them. Oh fucking hell, Nick! The thing that jumps <laughs> out to me about them in this one, good God, is Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, and Ellie Gattel. I think Hughes has had a superb he's been great. Season. He's been I really, think really it's, good. It's, it's it's been close to his best season in first grade. And I actually think that Cam Munster's probably. Uh, hasn't hasn't sort of hit top gear many times this season, but it hasn't mattered because Hughes has just been able to totally steer Melbourne around the park and come up with those really, really nice attacking touches in the in the 20. I don't think it's a coincidence that Billy Bricks really got going uh in the middle part of the season because Hughes was just creating so much good stuff on the inside of him. You know, so I think Hughes and Eli Katoa down that right side, like you all know that I'm a massive, massive fan. Of Eli Katoa, I feel like him matching up on um, on Kurt Capewell is a is a is one that the Storm would feel good about, and I would also be looking for Harry Grant to really double up on those on either of those Broncos edges on Capewell or Ricky. Like Capewell had a really tough start to the year defensively, and he can still get sort of caught out if he has to make multiple decisions on back to back plays. And Ricky's someone who's improved tremendously this year. Um, in a lot of effort aspects of the game, particularly on on kick chase, keep an eye out for him on kick chases. He's just really, really, really um, owning that part of the game. But if he has to make multiple decisions back to back to back under fatigue, he's probably going to get one wrong. And that's not a shot at him. That's like everybody makes bad decisions under under fatigue when they have to do it again and again. So if Melbourne are able to sort of really attack in a very kind of clinical uh in a, in a clinical composed way, they're like, okay, we're going to go at this channel and we're going to go at it four tackles in a row and do your best with it. I feel like that's the best way to break down this Broncos defense. Mm. But if Brisbane are able to control field position, the way that they have been able to in so many games this year, the storm might not get that chance. No. So like if that, like, so that's what I'll be looking for. If I, if I was, if I was a storm fan, that's where I feel like they'd be able to get at Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, the alternative is Adam Reynolds calf just pops after four minutes. And then the season's over. Oh wow, well, that's a that's like a Nam flashback for you, isn't it? Yeah, like, it really is. Twenty twelve, <laughs> never forget. But um, no, I obviously hope that doesn't happen. Like I'm rooting firmly for Adam Reynolds and the Broncos. I'm all in on the on the Cavalution right now. They're playing such good football, and I think that yeah, the the finals run starts here. Um, I can't remember what I wrote online yesterday, but I should probably make the same prediction here. I think I said Broncos by eight, but I think you're going a fair few more than that. I'll go Broncos by sixteen. That's that is that's double, in fact. Quick math. It really it really is, so, yes. Yeah. Let me Prepare for trouble. And make it double. double. Yeah, I said Brisbane by eight. All right, let's jump ahead to the next game. Uh, it's a real damn shame. It's oh, a goddamn God, I'm filthy about it. Speaking this. of old halves with muscle injuries, bullshit. It's not fair. Hate it. Like I I, I it. didn't give them like a great deal of hope in this game anyway, but I think now without SJ going into the Lions den, or the Panthers den, I should say. Big, big trouble for the Warriors. Yeah, now they're, going, now they're going to the mountain and hoping for a miracle, man. Like, yeah, so Sean Johnson's been ruled out for the Warriors. Um, the news sort of came through yesterday. I think it, it must have happened in their last training session in New Zealand, and he must have just pulled up just a, just a little bit lame. Um, I'm a lot higher on the Warriors than than a lot of other people. And even if Sean Johnson was playing, I, I wasn't going to tip him to win this. Like, I'm not a fucking maniac. But I did think that it was, I did think that they'd come in and they'd give a really good account of themselves. And I mm. felt like that they would have a real jump in quality and it would be the sort of thing that could set them up really well 
uh, for a win at home in week two. With Johnson out, that just doesn't seem possible, you know, like, because that, like the, the Warriors have a lot of ingredients to, 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 to match up, to match up to Penrith, not to beat them, but to be competitive with them. You know, they've got a really good forward pack that's led by Adam Fanul Blake, one of the best props in the league and Tohu Harris, who sort of gives them, um, gives them a, a, a little bit more maneuverability and agility in the middle of the field. Very similar to Isaiah Yo does. You know what I mean? They've got two really, really good attacking edge back roles in Jackson Ford and Murata Niakore. And from there, they're able to attack both sides of the field really, really well, which they're yeah. able to do because Sean Johnson is so adept at playing both sides of the field. With Johnson out, all of a sudden, a lot of that attacking spark, a lot of that attacking structure kind of falls apart. And if you can't get to the edges of the field quickly against Penrith, if you can't throw really good shape against, um, if you can't throw really good shape at, the, at both their edges, you're probably not going to score points because you're probably not going to get them through the middle. And the yeah. Warriors don't sort of have that unorthodox attack that a team like Parramatta has. Um, friend of the show, George Clark, had a really good yarn this week that the Warriors are last in the league for offloads and first in the league for one uh, for one one pass hitups. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're quite a conservative attacking team that sort of attacks through their structure more than any off the cuff kind of stuff. Mm. That's a fine way to be, but you need to have all your guys there for that to work. You know, with respect to Ronald Volkman, who I think is a very capable young player, he he just doesn't have the attacking sophistication that Sean Johnson does, you know? And then you add in that Tamari Martin, who's a player I'm a really big fan of. He made his comeback from injury. I think it was last week against the Dolphins. He might've had one more game in before that. And he looked like a guy who hadn't played in a while. He looked like a guy who'd sort of been in and out of the team all year with injury. So hopefully he'll be better for the run. But like without Sean Johnson there, I just don't know if they're going to have the sophistication or the craft have to they, break down this Panthers defense. Have they got the approval to bring Volkman into the squad yet? So is that still a work in progress? That's because... that's that's got to happen. Surely, surely. Like, yeah, would uh, you would you have them would you have them play Bunty or Farah at halfback? Well, I assumed it would be Dylan Walker go to six and Tamari Martin play seven. Oh God, I don't like that. No, I don't either. But like, uh, it's not. Is it? A, I, I'm I'm being. I don't I don't know how the process of this stuff works. Is it a fait accompli that they'll get the thumbs up to bring Volker? Um, I think I, I think when it's something like this, when it's a when it's an injury, they have to get they can get dispensation as long as. They yep. don't have a player that the NRL counts as as playing that position. Dylan Walker. I don't know. He hasn't played in the halves for a while. That's true. I, I, I'm sure, I hope they do because obviously like no team would ever play silly buggers to get their best player and their beloved world champion halfback out of the team to bring in Ronald Volkman. But, you know, it's the NRL. We'll see what happens. It is funny though, mate. Like a few weeks ago when we got sort of the, the news that Tamari Martin was coming back from his injuries, we were like, well, there's no spot for him because Metcalf's playing so well and SJ's playing so well. Now it's Tamari, your team at the, <laughs> at, at the foot of the mountains. Good fucking luck. Lead us oh, to man. glory. Well, well, you know, Tamari Martin revenge game. Who says no? Yeah. Oh, we, we didn't even mention the Tyson Smoothie revenge game in, in Brisbane. But, um... Well, that well that, that that was on the special Patreon episode. Ah, of course. This week. The smooth as, cast. As, as, as you knew, the smooth cast. <laughs> But yeah, dude, it's it's a real shame, and you see all the stuff that's happening over there. Did you see the tattoo booth? Uh, I did, but for listeners that might not have, explain it to them. Okay, so the the New Zealand equivalent of Tab, it might just be called Tab. They set up this booth in, I think it's like in a shopping center in Auckland somewhere, where like you can stick your arm in this glory hole, 
and you get a random warrior's tattoo, like an actual permanent tattoo. Don't don't and, call it a don't call it a glory hole. That's <laughs> I did that on purpose. And <laughs> and they had to turn people away. They were getting that many lunatics coming up to stick their arm in a random hole and get a random once again, not like fun little wash off temporary tattoo, an actual permanent tattoo on their arm. Okay, would you do that for South? Um, no. If I like, if I get like, because I don't have any tattoos now. If I had a couple, probably yes. But right now, no. But maybe next year, if, maybe. If, yeah. So looking at it now, Dylan Walker played four games at five eight early this year. I think that will make it tough to get that exemption and bring. Uh, okay. That's good spotting. That's good spotting from you. But yeah. um. Yeah, so that that makes it even harder because I think Walker's been really effective this year when he's come off the bench and played he's in the been middle. Perfect of the field, in that role, but he hasn't sort of been effective at doing much of anything. Else. How many? How many of the NRL seventeen teams, if you got caught up with enough fans and enough hooting and or hollering was done, would you stick your arm in the machine for? H- hang on, can you say that question again? Well, like if you got caught up in the atmosphere and you were like just saw a bunch of Dolphins fans or a bunch of. Oh, oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, I could never get a tattoo of any of any other team. I, could I reckon if the team crowd team. was chanting Campo, Campo, you would stick your arm in the Dolphins machine. Maybe at the start of the year. Maybe after that <laughs> Dolphins versus game in round one. All right, I'll tell you what. I really got swept up in if, it. If it was the Cowboys in 04, both of us would have stuck our arms in the machine. What Bro, a, what I, would have, I would have insisted on slapping the top of the garbage bin and leading the team song with one hand and getting inked <laughs> up with the other one. Give me Matt Singh's entire face on my back. What a player. <laughs> give me, give, I want to count down each of Matt Singh's career tries. <laughs> it have to be a pretty small font. <laughs> um, there'll be a lot of tries in this one, I think, to Penrith. I went Warriors by 16. You went, hang on. You said, oh, so you just, Penrith by 16. Penrith by 16. Yeah, like we haven't talked much about Penrith, but that's only because there's not really much to say. Like the book's kind of written. We know what they do. We know what they're good at. They've got everyone back. Isaac Tungo's back in. I'm expecting him to slot back in at left center if he does play. I think he's under a little bit of doubt, but I'm 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 I'm, I'm expecting him to to have a run around. So look for him to get ruled out. You know, two minutes after this show goes live, <laughs> we're really good at that. Yeah, Mitch Kenny's back at hooker. Um, Tyrone Peachy holding his spot over Jaden Salmon as the utilities, kind of the only uh, notable change. And when you're just talking about bench utilities as your only notable change, your team is pretty fucking settled. So. It's just they're, they're not. It's not just their play over the last four seasons. Now it's it's the fact that like they just no one ever gets hurt. It's just remarkable. Yeah, it's, yep. it's honestly just remarkable. Yeah, we it's know a testament to whatever they're doing. Yeah, there. we know it's what great. we know what's we know what's coming. We know what to expect. Um, probably worth keeping an eye on on Jack Cogger. Uh, we don't know when Jerome Lewis is going to be back. So, and I think even when he does come back, it wouldn't surprise me if Cogger gets that gets that spot on the bench as as injury cover in case Lewis' shoulder plays up again. Um, I had a chat with Cogger yesterday at Panthers training and had a young go up about it on the ABC website yesterday afternoon. He's a pretty interesting guy. He's a very, he's very serious about his footy. Very, Mm. very serious. You know, like there's no laughing, no joking. Like he's, he's locked in very meticulous about his preparation and all that. I don't think it's a surprise that he's fitted in there as well as he has. Um, Footy Jack. Yeah. Footy Jack, man. He just can't get enough of it. So if you want a bit of an insight into how he's going to try and replace Luai and, I always think it's interesting when you get someone from the outside coming into Penrith and sort of noticing what they do differently to everyone else. You had a little bit to say about that as well. So go read that yarn if you haven't. I will retweet it from the podcast account right now. Yeah. 
Panthers, Panthers, Panthers are going to win this. Probably, I'm going to go Panthers like 26-6 or something like that. Okay, that's that's good. All right, and to the game that I will be attending on Saturday night in Shark Park, Cronulla in front of 40 or 50 of their biggest fans. <laughs> I was going to say, you'll be there with 10 of your closest friends. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. Like, <laughs> I was with Sarah, a friend of the show yesterday, because we're obviously going to this game, and she was like resenting me calling it a shithole. But I was like, no, no, like, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's your shithole. But it is a shithole. Oh, and they're yeah. going to be like turning in, 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 in thousands of fans away. Sense. But like, you have to embrace the shitholeness. You have exactly. To. Like, like I, I know we talk about Leichhardt a lot, but Leichhardt being shit is what I like about it. Like, Leichhardt has a condemned stand and a and a, and a a part behind the fence that we've christened Hiss Mountain because that's where people go to relieve themselves because the bathroom situation is so bad. It yeah, is and they're, quite they're, literally they're... a shithole. They're and talking about they're, they're talking about oh we're going to redevelop it we're going to do this like they dropped the brochure about it in my mailbox the other day and I looked at it and I was like they that looks nice but also I don't want it like I don't want a shiny new grandstand I want it to stay the exact same way it you is just I wrote back on the letter I want, I want do get, not do not get rid of the dank and just mail it back to sender I want it to, get, I want to get worse man I want <laughs> to get worse I want to close more grandstands how dilapidated this place can really get yeah yeah you won't be happy but until that, it's like just you standing on like the one part of the hill that's not burning watching watching the players on the field dodge a cricket pitch that they've dropped into the middle of it (laughs) and just that is that 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 is the dream forget forget that finals footy bullshit i was talking about earlier that's the dream the king of leichhardt oval but like a really dilapidated leichhardt more more (laughs) dilapidated anyway shark park like we we did touch on this on the question time show but for for non for non-patrons basically our official position is it kind of sucks but they did earn it and that's just where we are, and people have to miss out. Uh, but I think for the Sharks, it's it's a great competitive advantage. I think that there's obviously, I mean, you can never quantify that stuff, right? You can never quantify how many points a ferocious home crowd is worth or how many points there being no opposition fans is worth and any of that stuff. But I think we can all agree that if this game was at Allianz Stadium and there was a majority Roosters fans, not Sharks fans, it would be a different proposition for Cronulla. But I think that... This gives them a really good chance to break that that sort of mini finals drought that they've been in for a few years now in terms of winning a game because, yeah, they'll come into this game. It'll be a very small but very parochial crowd, and I think they've got a red-hot chance of winning this one. Oh, look, if, if they had either one of their regular fullbacks at anything close to full fitness, I would give them every chance in the world. What like about both named... of them at 50% fitness? They've... <laughs> what, if... <laughs> what if you just like stitched the two of them together in some sort of Frankenstein scenario? No one's ever tried Re-animate. it. There's no rule against it. Yeah. Like I'm sh- I'm sure it's like an affront to the laws of men's and gods, but yeah. uh, fuck man, there's a finals footy game on the line. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, you've got to bend the rules a little bit, but, but yeah, they've named Connor Tracy at fullback. Like the sort of talk around the place is that he's pretty unlikely. Like a hamstring, I'm I'm no I'm no uh, physiologist, but I'm told that hamstrings are important for running. Yes, get, they are. That is true. Can we get can we get confirmation on Can't that? Can't run without hamstrings. That's the thing. So if he's out, you know they've got Will Kennedy on an extended bench. Love Will Kennedy, one of my absolute favorites. I also don't think he's fully fit. Like just talking to people around the traps, it seems like he'd really be pushing it as well. So it's either a half-fit Connor Tracy, a half-fit Will Kennedy, or they're throwing in a kid like Kyle Iroh or Daniel Atkinson, or they go Matt Moylan, which I don't think anybody anybody wants. You know what I mean? And just with the way that Cronulla attack 
and the, and the expansive nature of that, the fullbacks one of the fullbacks incredibly important to it. Like I think it's not a coincidence that over the last couple of years Kennedy has improved the way he has because he has played such a crucial role in the way Cronulla attack. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Connor Tracy has done so well these last few weeks either. Like the fullback is kind of the it's almost the focal point of 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 how they do things. So if they have someone there who's not fully fit, or if they have someone there who you know, probably doesn't have the the top level experience. I think it just really, really slow them down, you know? Yeah. And I think they've improved a lot of aspects this year. I think their forwards have been much, much better probably over the last month or so. Um, I think Hines has really sort of gotten his groove back the last couple of weeks. I, you know, I, I think Braden Trindle's been playing really well as well. Uh, their two to five have been so, so strong in yardage. They were so strong in yardage again last week, but I, I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get their attack going if they don't have Tracy or Kennedy there at something approaching full fitness. Yeah, and it's I think it's telling that the the reserves list has got not just Kyle Iroh, but Matt Moylan on it as well. So they're really digging deep into the reserves of who could possibly play fullback. I wonder, and I, I don't want them to do this, but I wonder if they're considering putting Hines at fullback if, if Moylan does indeed come into the team. I think if you were going to play Moylan... That is, is I don't think that's a good idea. I think that's an area defensively that teams exploited all year long when Moylan was defending up in the line. But I am worried that that's, that's an avenue they might explore if if he were to come back into the team. But let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, they, they did that. that. They did that in Magic Round last mm. year. Hines, when they played Canberra, Hines went back to fullback. And after that game, Fitzgibbon kind of said, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to do that so. again. Let's if I was a Sharks so. fan, I would feel much more comfortable about Iroh or Atkinson playing fullback than I would having that having that big shift because yeah me too like you you're you're already you're already losing a strength in not having Kennedy or Tracy out there I wouldn't want to negate another strength by then moving Hines you know mm. yep Kyler undefeated in the NRL one and zero so well you can't argue with those numbers you really can't but yeah uh, Roosters on the other hand they get they get Joe Manu back uh, they're you know relatively full strength bar. Jared Rhea Hargraves, they're looking pretty sharp. And look, I, I know a lot of people weren't like particularly effusive with their praise for them last week. I thought they played quite well last week. I thought they did enough against Souths. And yeah, they've got a really good chance to have winning a finals game after being what, six and six and 12 with six weeks to go in the year. So it's a remarkable turnaround. I think that uh, I went back, uh, I went back the other day and watched the game that these guys played earlier this year. And the Sharks' main area in terms of success was again on the edges particularly on that right edge that's where they were getting a lot of their joy that's where they were getting a lot of their line breaks and that's where I believe, the points I believe, I believe you used the word flayed when we yes, talked about it the week you. after yeah that's that sounds like something i would that sounds like a word i would use so yeah they they, they did and that's probably going to be the recipe for success again particularly when you factor in like they've been without their first choice left side back row for like eight weeks now and yeah, all their all their good attackers, I think, going to have to come down that right if they want to win this game, and they're capable of doing that. They have been better in the last couple of weeks. I know that. I know that. Um, I know that both Souths and the Cowboys haven't ended up being finals teams, but they were in the hunt when the Sharks played them in recent weeks, and they handled their business in both of those games very sharp. And I think pretty much, aside from the last twenty minutes of that Knights game, they've been pretty good since August started, and. Maybe they are just slightly more battle hardened than this this team was twelve months ago. Possibly, possibly. Like I, I, I take your point about them wanting to strike down the edges, and 
but but that's where I think the loss of, of Tracy or Kennedy would really come into play. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to just get the ball there quickly enough. Mm. If they don't have a, a, an excellent link man at fullback. I think the key for the Roosters kind of comes through from their performance against Souths last week, which I thought was quite impressive. Maybe not in terms of their craft, but in terms of their toughness. I thought from one to 17, they were really, really physical they were. throughout the entire match. And that sort of, that can paper over the, the cracks in terms of attacking execution if it has to, you know what I mean? So I think if they come into this game with a similar attitude, I think if Brandon Smith, Lindsay Collins and Victor Radley sort of really lead the way with their physicality, the way they did last week, I think I mentioned on the Monday show how, how, how well Brandon Smith played defensively last week and sort of really, really setting that tone. But we're looking for a similar performance from him. I'd be looking to, for a similar performance from someone like Terrell May, who was really able to come on and dominate the middle third of the field last week somehow. You know, so if, if they just do all of that, if they just, if they, if they focus on their yardage, if they focus on their physicality, if they focus on giving Cronulla the sort of game that has given Cronulla trouble in the past, which is a sort of knockdown, drag them out type battle. I, I, I think that's a pretty good path to victory for them, you know, and I, I their, their attack is, it's, I know it's so dumb to say this in the second week of the final, in the first week of the finals, it still is a work in progress. Yeah, it's true though. But, but there is, there is some, some, some nice work being done you know i feel like they're finally getting that balance right i think victor radley's finally getting that run pass balance a lot more correct than he was i think walker and kiri are probably combining a lot better than they were early in the season you know i think i think billy smith has put together probably a month or six weeks of really really good football now it's great to see for someone like that who's had so So many many injury troubles in the past you know so i feel like for the roosters to win this all they have to do is keep doing the things they've been doing you know I feel I feel like it, it's it, I feel like they're the style of play that they've probably had over the last few weeks suits this matchup pretty well. Yeah, th- yeah, th- those are all very good points. Uh, it, for me, I think that the fact that I agree, I mean, I agree that their attack is a working progress. I think that the the fact that they've really have even in this run looked very clunky with the ball in hand at times. I feel like they might not get that many chances in attack in, in good ball positions. I think the Sharks are capable of sort of, with the with the way the team is constructed right now, getting having their forward pack besides Teague Wilton there, basically being full strength. I think they're capable of of matching it to an extent with a, with a Roosters pack that doesn't have Jared Rare Hargraves in it. I don't think they're going to be as physical in defense as the Roosters will be, but I do think that they'll have enough about them to keep the ball in the middle of the park for a lot of this. And again, it's it's as good as the Roosters are, as great as some of their players are. I think that, if, especially if Matt Moylan's not playing, I think that they should be able to handle them on the edges as well. I think Joe Marno is a fantastic player, but defensively, Cronulla should, in my opinion, be up, be up to the task of handling the Roosters in terms of not letting them sort of get on a roll and get some of these big sets that they were getting against the house last week. And that's going to be the key to the game for me. And... Yeah, it, it, I really do think that, and I think that the odds reflect that the odds reflect that this is the closest finals game this weekend by a fair distance. And yeah, it's the tough one to pick, but I've I've gone with the Sharks by two points. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the forwards. I, I th- these are two teams. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like these two teams more than any others, a- apart from maybe Penrith, generate yardage through their back five more than their forward back. I would agree with that just by the, just by the, vibes. Yeah, just just off the eyes, but like so, I feel like the forward the forwards then becomes less about yardage and more about like toughness and hardness and strength and intensity. Well, the Roosters have got that in abundance. Yeah, and I I just I feel like the Roosters might have a slight edge. Yeah, in that regard. 
you know, like a, a slight one, but but uh, but an, an edge nonetheless. I'm taking the Roosters in this one, um, but that is based on Tracy or Kennedy not being fully fit if they do play. If either of them was 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 just playing their regular footy, then I'd probably lean the Sharks. But that's a big enough question mark for me to go to go with the Roosters. But I do, I'm I'm with you. I do think it'll be a tight one. I'll go the Roosters by four. You coming to this one? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm only going to one game this weekend. And that's in Newcastle. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get started. Um at, talk me through it. How are you feeling? I want I want the most I want the most because you know people say I'm too mean about the Raiders and all that stuff. And I'm probably gonna be mean about them in the next few minutes. Can you try and give me the most gronked out, biased, overly positive Raiders take that you can muster in the next few no. minutes? The fans no, need you. The team needs you. I don't I don't have like a gronked out take in me. Um because this is what you've I, done again, to him, Ricky. Just, this is what just, you've done. It's just so hard for me to understand the way that the Raiders are trying to attack this game. You know, like the Raiders, the, the the Raiders have 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 a pretty torrid history against the Knights over the last like five or six years. Like I think it's been five. I think it's been a full six years actually since they actually played them and played them well. Other than that, it's all just been like scrappy, weird, bullshit games. And sometimes, and it's either Canberra win late in very weird circumstances or the Knights smash them. So it's already a screwy sort of matchup for them. If Papali'i and Horsbra and uh, Chris were all there and everyone was playing in their correct positions, I would give Canberra a shot in this game. But Ricky's he's persisting with Jack White at center, which I just don't understand. He's persisting with Matt Frawley at 5'8", which I really don't understand. He's not picking Jared Croker in the team again, which is just, it's just really hurting me at this point because now his career is over and his career is going to end with him sitting on the bench when he worked so hard to come back from all those injuries. So that really sucks as well. And the difficult the, the the thing that's really stood out to me is that several Raiders players this week have said that that Ricky didn't really talk to him about White and playing five eight uh, playing center. Uh, Jack White said that he just sort of got switched there and that he wants to play five eight and he wants Croker in the team, but he has to do what the coach says. Jamal Fogarty said that Ricky just sort of announced that the change was being made. He didn't talk to him about it either. So it just it it, it feels like things are just all over the place for the Raiders. It feels like they. It feels to me like there is a lot of uncertainty as to how they're going to attack this game or how they're going to try and solve this Newcastle problem. The Raiders absolutely deserve to be as heavy underdogs as they do. And I think the only thing that they've got left, the only card that they're going to play is Ricky's favorite card to play, which is the, well, no one thinks we can do it. No one believes we can do it. No one thought we were going to be here. Everyone thought we were going to win the wooden spoon. So let's go stick it up. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. That's a, that's a thing that Ricky leans on pretty heavily. It's a, it's a card that works sometimes, but I wonder if in approaching this game with that mentality, they're just setting themselves up for when they lose to, 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 to tell themselves, well, no one thought we could make it anyway. You know, judging on the, on the, on the form guide for Canberra for almost the last two months now, this is going to be like an execution. They're going to go up there and get crucified in front of 30,000 Newcastle screamers. I'm going to hate it. It's going to suck, but you know, what's going to happen. I'm going to wake up on Sunday morning. I'm going to, I'm driving a couple of people up there. I'm going to Here go around go. and pick them up. And when I'm driving over there and I'll be listening to like one of my pump up tunes, like welcome to the jungle or something like that. I'm going to think to myself, well, what if we just win? What if we just win? I don't Boys, know how, I, what I, if I don't we just know. Won? It's got like, I know, I know I'm going to, th- I know I'm going to start thinking that I'm so, I'm going to text so... you on Sunday morning and say, what if you just won? 
I am so fucking mad at myself because I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to do it. Of course you are. Like um, I'm, I am hopeful to a point of delusion with these idiots. Mm. And, and I'm just going to think, well, what, what, what if they just do it? What if they just do it? I know that the, I know that the forward pack is severely undermanned. I know that white in the centers is a terrible idea. I know that the Knights are the hottest team in the league. I know that it, like much worse Knights teams than this have beaten much better Cambridge teams than this. I know that uh, the, the idea of Bradman best lining up on Matthew Tomoko scares me. I know that Jack White and trying to tackle Dan Gagai really scares me too. I know that the Knights have a far deeper, more sophisticated forward pack. I know that this is the sort of game that the Knights will treat like a grand final because it's their first time final in 17 years. I know all that. I'm going to wake up on Sunday and think we're going to win. Yeah, but that's good and though. All it's going to do is make me feel worse when we don't because we're not. Yeah, going. but like, look, if you don't, if you don't have hope, what's the point, mate? Like, what, what well, are we doing here? If I don't believe in him, who the who the fuck? Well, can? exactly, and it's it's I I understand. There's a lot of reasons to be pessimistic. I think it's fair to say, but at the same time, this sports about sports about as it's it's as much about the anticipation that you know drive up, get into the game, being at the pub before the game with your mates, going fuck boys, what if what if we won? All that stuff is just as much a part of sport and a part of rugby league as the game itself. And if you can't have that, even if you can't even have that, then they've really broken you. So I'm glad. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that you can at least turn around and be like, "What if we just won?" Yeah. What in, if you just term, won? In terms of a realistic path to victory for Canberra, um, they just like it's. Don't take this the wrong way, but it's it's time to go back alley stuff, man. It's time to like, <laughs> it's time to to break out the crowbars, you know, like. Knock, you you got to knock him around. you got to smash him up. Like the first time Caelan Ponga runs the ball, you need to kick him in the shoulder as hard as you can. <laughs> you know? like, Jesus Christ. Maybe not, go, maybe, not, maybe not go that far. But the only way I think that Canberra can win this game is to drag this beautiful attacking Knights machine and get it right down in the gutter and like niggle them, do whatever you can to try and put them off, do whatever you can to try and put the pressure back on them. Do whatever you can to turn the crowd's anticipation against them, which is would be why. So they're standing up in the first twenty minutes, making everyone a little bit a little bit nervous. Like it, it's time, it's time to live the purge, man. Like it's time to act like there's no rules. Because let's be honest, even if Canberra win this one, they're not going to win next week. So you may as well, you may as well leave it all out there. Who cares if you get suspended? You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that that's a. <laughs> it's that's the world a, we live that, in, yeah, mate. Honestly, it's the world Canberra lives in. Like I think that's the only way that they can do it. Um, but what I think is much more likely is the Knights come out, score about score three tries in the first 15 minutes. Canberra get the shits and spend the rest of the game trying to settle the score or whatever, like they did against the Broncos. It all goes all right. The Knights end up winning by like 30 odd points. And then Ricky says in the presser afterwards, how proud he is of everybody, even though they got smashed. And even though that this team is probably underachieved by coming eighth. So it's going to be great. going to be a good day. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, Knights, they they're a wagon at the moment. They're just they've been so good to watch, and yeah, I, mate, I, I I'm trying to uh, apart from blind optimism on Sunday morning, I, I can't really mount a case for Canberra winning this game. I don't think there's any area of the field right now that they're doing things better than Newcastle. Um, haven't even scored a bullshit try for kick in a couple of weeks like that. Even that well's what run dry to an extent. Yeah, that's that's that 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 kind of scared me, man. When those so, ones dried up, that's our yeah. best move. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I, I hate that Jack White is playing in the centers. I hate that Matt Frawley is playing 5 8 instead. 
they, they're going to run at him and that, well, I mean, it, I mean, I guess the only silver lining is that's not Ponga's side that he defends on, but they, they, they're just as potent going down that edge as they are on the left anyway. Yeah. So. They've just got to, def- they've just got to try and defend Tyson Brazil, who's yeah, having his best not, season yeah. in years. <laughs> and Dane Gagai, who's, the, who's I think third in the league for tackle bus and Dom Young, who like is scoring like reality bending <laughs> tries. So that's all they've got to stop. That's, that's all they've got to stop. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Um, one guy that I didn't talk about much last week for the Raiders was Hohepapuru. Uh, he debuted at lock last week. I think he's a player with a, an absolutely huge future. I think he's the sort of player Canberra's really been looking for in the middle of the field, the guy who can sort of lead the line speed and, and pass really well. He's um, a Penrith junior who came up this year, has been killing it in State Cup all season. It's probably a little bit overdue that he's in the first grade team. Um and I thought he was good on debut last week. He probably didn't get to showcase his passing as much as anyone would have liked, but I thought he looked really, really comfortable out there. So he might not make the difference this week, but I think he's a real player of the future. Um, let's talk about the Knights a little bit more, man, because this is a big day. There's going to be huge a huge day. A big, they deserve this. Look, it's yeah. been a long time coming for Newcastle fans to get this home final. They've had to endure the Nathan Brown era, sort of the, the 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 hope that sprung eternal after that, but sort of kind of fell short for a couple of years. This season was looking a lot like last year and the year before that, it was looking like another lost year where they might scrape into eighth, but it looked like the season was over with eight weeks to go. They go on this run and now they're going to get that home final that it's it's been, what, a decade? A decade since they hosted a final 17 game? years. Jesus Christ. 2006 was the last one. That yeah. is honest to God, insane. I'm 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 really really happy for the for the club and the fans and the town because, like, I don't think it's controversial to say the Knights have the best fans in the league. Like, the year that they won one game in 2016, they averaged only fourteen thousand. They averaged just over fourteen thousand people. They averaged they average had higher average home crowds than two teams that made the finals, and they won one fucking game. You know, this is a this is a fan base that always 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 shows up for their team. Like. For better and for worse, hell or high water, they're always going to be there, you know? And the reason that you turn up in those hard, hard times when you've had all those long, hard times is for a game like this, you know, is for something yeah. like this where the team, the team's winning and there's a fucking vibe around town and everyone's talking about the Knights and, and, and it's just sort of the, it's the kind of, uh, sweeping inspiring thing that can only really happen in a one team town you know like this game this I, I i this is not an official stat but i had one night's mate tell me that he logged on to ticket tech at like 1003 after tickets were on sale and they were already sold out i'll go with it you know what i'm saying like this is this is something the whole town's been waiting for for a really really long time you know um, and- it's gonna be gonna be gonna be gonna be a very a very special day up there for him because like all of these none of these guys have played a home final not like Barely any of them would have played. I think only a few of them were there for well, those two Caleb, final Caleb. twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. Like Caleb had own final. Yeah, so the it, it's going to be a, a really, a really big and a really special day for the entire club. I had a big read go up this morning on abc.net.au slash sports slash rugby league slash author slash Nick Campton, and it's all about sort of the journey that the club's taken to get to this point, you know, and it's about how. I think all the players are very aware of the support that they get from the community. And I think they're all really, really eager to reward that support. Like I think Brad, the best, he sort of said, he feel that we feel like we're in debt to, to all these fans and we got to pay him back. We got to pay him back for, for all the stuff they did in the hard times. And I had a really good chat too, to, um, to Jared Mullen, who was the, 
sort of the big hero, the last night's home final back in 2006. He was only a, a kid back then, but kicked the, kicked the, uh, well, not the winning field goal, but kicked the crucial field goal in a, in a great win over Manly. And he, um, he's sort of had his, had some real struggles since he, since he retired. He's probably a little bit lucky to still, still be with us, but he's doing a lot better these days and uh, spoke very, very well about Newcastle and what the town means to him, what the team means to him. And I, I guess that's something I've always liked about the Knights. I've always liked how inseparable, inseparable they are from mm. the Newcastle community and from the town. And it wouldn't have mattered who they were playing in their first home final in a long time. I was going to go up and be there. Um, it's just a shame that yeah. the sacrificial lamb well, is going to be the Raiders. Do you, it's quite funny because, you know, I immediately start thinking at the first time I got to see my team play a home final in my lifetime after sort of generations of being bad. And do you know who they played? Who? The Canberra Raiders. And what happened? Uh, the Rabbitohs won by 22 points. Yep, I was there. It sucked. Yeah. Andrew Everingham, <laughs> shout out. But um, yeah, so I think we could get a repeat of that. I think I've tipped Cam- I've tipped Newcastle by 20. Yeah, I'll go Newcastle by like twenty six. Yeah, but like yeah. honestly, if Canberra keep it to like eighteen four or something like that, like if Canberra keep it respectable, then that I feel like that's as much as I can ask for. Okay, all right. Uh, there's four more NRLW games to come this weekend. Some with a lot more meaning than others. We've got the the first of a doubleheader in Newcastle on Saturday. So big weekend of rugby league up there. First game, Tigers-Broncos. Tigers playing for pride. Broncos need to win at least one of their last two, perhaps both, to to get into the finals. So a lot on the line for Brisbane in this one. Yeah, Tigers getting some getting some muscle back, though. They're getting Kezi Apps back. They're getting Sarah Togatuki back. Big. And they rely pretty heavily on both of them. And if they were to have any chance in this game, they needed the two of them to, to sort of slot straight back in. Um Brisbane are a funny one because I feel like they're a team with an extremely high ceiling who sort of play with their food a little bit. Like they should have, they should have, they should have whooped the sharks last week. And they just sort of let the sharks keep hanging around, keep hanging around all that sort of thing. So if I was Broncos, if I was Broncos coach, Scott Prince, I don't think, I don't think I've mentioned that on the show this year, but Scott Prince being Brisbane's NRLW coach absolutely rules. But if I was him, I would want something of a complete performance. Like not, mm. not 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 to send a statement to the league, but send a statement to yourselves. You know, like go out there and 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 handle this team. Like be, be 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 clinical, man. Go after them the the way that we know you can. You know, I thought thought Destiny Brill was really strong last week from the Broncos. I think she's someone who's played really well for Queensland in the past, but I don't know if we've seen the best of her at NRLW level yet. So hopefully she's starting to sort of really uh, put that sort of footy together. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, Tigers are a shame. Bit of a lost season. They've they've missed they've missed some players for some games. It's a bit bit of battle for them to get their full strength team on the pitch. And yeah, uh, I'll tip Brisbane in this one. But yeah, I think with those with those players back, it'll be a reasonably close one. Tigers aiming for next year. They've they've had some decent showings, but yeah, just too little, too late for them now. Can, I think you here. can really tell that they're an expansion squad. Yeah. sometimes you know what I mean. Like the depth just isn't quite there. And if they lose Apps and Togatuki like they did last week, all of a sudden, sort of the wheels. The, the sort of things fall out for them a little bit, you know? So they're a team that will really benefit from getting a season or two together, I think. Mm. And then we've got basically the playoff for the minor premiership with the Knights and the Roosters. So big, big weekend in Newcastle. Ma- massive. Well, this will be... This How will many be people crazy... are going to go to this? Like, I, 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 reckon it'll be a mon- I reckon it'll be a monster crowd. Like, yeah. because I can't remember. They had the... 
They had an NRLW. They had a double header the other week, and it was the one where Southwell kicked the kicked the sideline conversion. Yeah, I can't remember if that was before the Knights, the Knights Souths game or the Knights Sharks game. But because the the big the because the the sellout crowd all got there early, it ended up being absolutely sick. It ended up being a great a great great vibe. So I'm probably going to try and get up there early just so I can be at this one because I think it's going to really be 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 popping off. I said last week that. I think these two teams are going to make the grand final. And I think whoever wins this game will then lose the grand final. Right. And I think on the back of that big home crowd and with Jess Surges probably out due to that gnarly finger injury. Cut it off. <laughs> cut it off. She wants to. <laughs> Do you think she will? I, 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 no doctor. She's got to go find Nick Riviera at Hollywood. Yeah, she's, got to, Medical she's, got to find, she's got to find Gus Crichton's finger guy. Yeah. Nine-fingered like, Gus, he'll help I, you out. I don't think they're letting her do it, but I think she wants to do it, which is just wild. Yeah, but I, I think I think the knights, I think the knights are gonna are gonna ta- are gonna take this one. I think they're gonna draw a lot of strength from that intimidating home environment, you know. And but I also think that'll 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 hurt them down the road because I think the roosters will get them in the big one, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I'll 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 tip the roosters in a close one here, but. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. And I think this is a grand final preview. The other team that needs to win to keep their finals hopes sort of in their own hands is your beloved Valkyries playing the Cowboys on the Gold Coast uh, in the first of another doubleheader this weekend. Uh, it's been a tough season for the Cowboys, but they've, you know, they, they, they've still, they've shown some fight in some games and they can uh, play spoiler here and uh, end Canberra's season. Yeah, so I... um. I think the Cowboys are going to be the sort of team they they very much need a couple of seasons to sort of convert all the local talent that's up there into sort of NRLW standards. So they were always going to be a team with a bit more of a long play to them. Um, I've been in chess, uh, in, in chess, impressed with Francesca Goldthorpe, the English international they have playing fullback. I think she's been really sharp. I think Kira Dibbs had a, a really good and really consistent season at halfback for him. Um, but, do think Canberra should have a little bit too much for him. Canberra are, 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 are still sort of still sort of coming together as a as a squad and as a club, but from a talent standpoint, I think they should have a little bit too much for him here. Mona Lisa Soliola has been done on an extended bench for the Raiders. I would be very hopeful of her sort of coming into the team either on the bench or in the starting side because I think she sort of gives them a different attacking dimension um, down the edge of the field and. While Canberra's got their got their forward pack going anyway with Grace Kemp, Samima Telfer, and Holly May Dodd, I think the Cowboys pack is a little bit of a strength of theirs. Like Talisha Harden's been around a thousand years. She's like an old pro. She knows what she's doing. China Pilata's been impressive at times this year. She's a tremendous athlete, if nothing else. So I would hope that Canberra are able to put together the sort of their superior attacking class and sort of maybe give their for and against a little bit of a boost. But I don't know. I think the Cowboys have got one more big performance in them at some point this season. And the fact that this is up on the sunny coast where it's going to be hot as buggery, um, I feel like that bodes ill for the Raiders. Don't mm. do well in the heat. We're a yeah. cold weather team. Having said that, the, the Cowboys have been diabolical recently. They had 50 put on them by the well, almost 50 put on them by the Dragons. They lost to the then win the Eels the week before that. And the week before that, the Sharks put 40 on them. So it's been a rough Rough few weeks for the cows. I think your girls can get it done here and keep their finals hopes alive. And then the last game of the round, the tit- well, the Titans can lock up a finals berth if they can beat the bottom of the ladder, Parramatta Eels, at home 
yeah, they should do this. You'd they think? should they should be able to handle it. They should be able to handle but, it. But um, you know, Parramatta finally get Kennedy Sherrington back, so that's good for them. <laughs> she's suspended for eighteen weeks. Yep. So that's she hasn't played angle. since two thousand and nineteen. So. <laughs> well, yeah, well, she's a big boost because that Titans pack is so strong, and they were so good last week against the Tigers. And I feel like all they've got to do is replicate that performance again if they just sort of get up the middle of the field the way that they know that we the way we know that they can. Evania Polite and, and and Lauren Brown just sort of create just enough. I just don't know if the Eels are going to be able to go with them. I don't know where the points are going to come from for Parramatta because apart from Rachel Pearson's kicking game, they sort of have really struggled to to to, to create stuff this season. So I don't know. I'm probably still not 100% sold on the Titans as being the biggest threat to that Knights Roosters hegemony. But uh, you know they keep winning. They keep handling. They keep handling their business. So and I think they're going to do it again. The hegemony. Is that how you say it? Isn't it hegemony? Hegemony. I don't know. I might be saying it wrong. I genuinely don't know. But I've only ever seen it written. I've yeah, it's never, a, yeah. Look, mispronouncing words is a tried and tested tradition of this show. So we're going with he- hegemony. Hegemony. Yeah. Um, Talia Fumono named on extended bench for the Titans. She hasn't played since week one. So yeah, she'd be she'd be a big inclusion. I think she's someone who's really benefited from getting like multiple preseasons uh, back to back to back, and I feel like she's only going to get better the more footy more top level footy that she's actually able to play. So her, maybe her coming back is the thing that could kind of supercharge the Titans just that little bit and sort of help them make up that distance on the top two. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, take, that I'll take the Titans here. I will too. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away, Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Randrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Randrandra. All right, news time. Nick James Tedesco says he will be staying on with the Blues. So that's good. Yeah, well, I um, I railed at length about how I didn't like how a lot of people were trying to push him out the door um, during this series, it, but, he, but he did, he did, he did have a tough one, probably had his, his, his worst series in a blue Jersey. If there was a time to walk away, probably after that game three, probably would have been as good a time as, as, as he could have, because he played pretty well. They won, you know, they won on home soil. They avoided the sweep and all that, but you know, Teddy didn't get to where he got by, by giving up on stuff, you know? So I don't know, maybe with a, with a proper preseason in, cause he didn't get a preseason in because of the world cup. Last year, maybe he can get back to that form that we've all known. But I also think that if the Blues sort of don't fire in game one or game two next year, the 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 drums the drums will be beating and the calls mm. will be loud. You know, so yeah. But you know, he's probably the he's probably the the best player of his generation. So why wouldn't he back himself? Why wouldn't he think he can come back I'll, and do it again? I assume you're considering Dave Taylor of a different generation. Oh, of course. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Uh, Hudson Young re-signed with Canberra for three more years. Been, you know, at a, whatever whatever you say about the Raiders in the last few weeks, he was a very much a bright spot for them that are getting picked for Origin and then playing well after that tough first up game. I think was great, great story and really good re-signing. Really important guy to keep around. Yep, love it. Hudson Young is the post is the the Hudson Young story is what the Raiders are supposed to be. They got a bloke who. You know, was probably a little bit a little bit down when they got him. He'd just off come off a an accidental steroids ban, which you don't love, but that's what Canberra should do. They buy low and then they get the players and they turn them into turn them turn them into something else. And that's what they've done with Hudson Young. So he's a, a great poster boy for the Canberra Raiders process. 
very, very glad he's sticking around. Yeah, uh, the NRLW could expand as early as next year. Uh, email to club CEOs two weeks ago said they're accepting proposals for admission uh, into the 10-team competition. Uh, that could be as early as 2024. South CEO Blake Solly said they'd be aiming for 2025 or 2026. So Yeah, I, I feel like we've been lucky with the NRLW this year because some of those issues that we were talking about before the season, like overexpansion and the player pool being diluted and all of that, that hasn't really happened, which I think uh, is is pretty fortunate. Is there another code we can pillage for players like we did the, the Super Rugby? That's the thing. I, I feel like... Like it's worked going to 10. It was risky, but it's worked. I wouldn't want to, I don't think the game should push its luck and then go straight to 12 teams or whatever. Like at least Mm. give it a year or two to settle, you know? If you come last, you should get relegated and then someone else takes it. That'd be awesome. Promotion relegation is something that never really works in rugby league, but I think it's awesome. That's that's very fair. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm hanging out for South Silver women's team. It sucks that we don't, but hopefully... Why does South Sydney hate women? That's a great question. I'm just asking questions. One I can't answer. Um, (laughs) uh, Jermaine Nasako won every award at the Dolphins Awards Night. He's a guy that you've been very passionate about this year. It's a great story. And yeah, he he did it all, Jermaine. Yeah, what did he get? He got the Arthur Beetson Medal for Player of the Year. He got uh, Best Back. He got Most Consistent. And did he get something? He actually got Best Forward as well. Incredible. Some Some guys can have it all. But uh, yeah, I don't remember who put the video up, but I think it was um, NRL physio, Big Bri, who tweeted it. But Asako gave a really nice speech talking, uh, just thanking the club and talking a little about it, a little bit about his father, which is, you know, a story that I've spoken about a couple of times this year. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's great to see a guy sort of have a bounce back season like that when it looked like things were over. So yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine Asako, I, I honestly couldn't believe uh, how how high he rose on sort of my favorite players list over the course of the season. But it was just a, I don't know. It was a story that really captured my imagination and yeah, couldn't be, couldn't be and the imagination more. of the wider public. Somerset. Yeah. Well, and like it's the first guy to be top try scorer and top point scorer since what? 1990. Like that's really, crazy. wow. Yeah. Yeah. You think it would happen more often. You, Wait, you, ha- do. you would. Oh, I guess because like ha- Hasm probably never was top try. He probably scored a lot of tries every year, but he was never yeah. top try scorer. Bro, the last guy to do it was Mal Meninga. That's, so like he, that's the sort of company he's in. So yeah, big shit, big shit. How did Garrick not get? Big oh, I guess because Garrick had two other guys on his team that also scored forty tries that year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, big up, big ups to Jermaine. That's my boy. Yeah. Good on him. That's great. Uh, and the Bulldogs take me through their hit list for twenty twenty four. Okay, so the the Bulldogs. Uh, th- this is in the Telegraph, I think, yesterday. But they put out a hit list of the the guys that they want to sort of fill out their squad and those names are Drew Hutchinson, mm-hmm. Jake Turpin, Kurtman, and Poasa Farmasuli. Yeah, so some guys who weren't good enough to start for the worst Roosters team in a decade. And a guy who even when the team with the least depth in the league had depth issues was struggling to get into the team. Y- yeah, look, I I do think the path forward for the dogs is not making one big signing it's making like four small ones that all sort of work out for them like they don't need home runs they need to hit some singles mm. but i don't know if these singles are beating the infield you yeah. know like hey. drew drew hutchinson can do some nice things but like they don't need another half you know they don't need another hooker like maybe they're bringing kurt man into to sort of be a passing lock forward i can kind of understand but it's also like they need some. They need some meat, dude. They need some muscle. 
But like, if you're going to get some muscle, why are you getting Poasafon Masuli, who, like you said, like was flat out cracking the Dolphins at times this year? I don't know. I don't know. Just more things out of Canterbury that are that are difficult to understand. Yeah, a, a strange team, a strange, compelling team. I can't look away. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get access to our Discord server, a third show every single week, entry into next year's Coltrane Cup, and plenty more. Nick, I believe also we've got a Greatest Games coming uh, soon, in the next week or two. We sure do, as soon as beloved patron Tom Hardy tells me what game it's going to be. That's right, Big TH, a, a fine Raiders man, gets to gets to choose what the next Greatest Games will be. The only rule is no grand finals. But uh, apart from that, anything's on the table. So hopefully TH gets back to us very soon. We'll be able to knock that over in the next week or so. I really like the Greatest Games episodes. I, I probably have more fun on those than I do well, um, we get on people, the regular shows. People, so. There's people who join. We've had multiple people at each Greatest Game this year just, just become patrons just for that. So maybe we should just do one every day and be millionaires. <laughs> it's a good idea. There's certainly not a... There's so, the rugby League Perverts is not an exhaustible resource. It's, a, it's an infinite stream. So. Sitting around and talking about fo- old footy games is the second finest thing a person That's can right. do. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayno the Old Coot, Alex Sergicomi, Bertrand. How can you suggest that Barney Rubble is not a great actor? Bruce the Pom, Putsy, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie. It's not the size of your for and against. It's how you use it. Jace Felix Farmworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicks House Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Make Addo Car Great Again, Matthew Duggan, Michael, Addicted to the Shindig, Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, Move Those Chains, Move Those Chains, Move Those Chains, Move. My name is Matt Bungard, and I know skill moves are more important than weak foot. That's the worst thing anyone's ever made me say. My name is Matt Bungard, and I love Taylor Swift. My ding-ding-dong is hard, and I'm sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Reese Brown, Warren Edwards, a.k.a. Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Scorse wants Stuart sacked. See you in Vegas. Shanta, Ty. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. The Black Vegetable, <laughs> the Zygot Broncos, Thor, Tom Hardy was, and Westlife's podcast, and the Pasco Fiasco. Thank you so much <laughs> to all of you and to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Okay, so first up, shout out to whoever's been watching Night Shift, Barney, Barney Rubble, what an actor. Second, who got you? Who got you with the end bit in the middle there? Uh, it was, it was Adric. <laughs> That's great stuff. It was, oh my God. I really God. like, I really like how everyone's getting into the change your Patreon names to make you say dumb stuff. It is. I didn't like that. I had to go back on my number one FIFA philosophy. One of those as well, that skill moves are more important than your weak foot. It's not your weak foot's the most important thing. Nick keeps, keeps them guessing. You can shoot with either foot. It's all 100%, matters. 100%. Like if you have two good feet and fundamentals, you'll beat those fancy skill trick boys any old day of the week. I knew you'd get it. I knew That's you'd right. get it. And I know our listeners will get a full weekend of rugby league into them and be back with us on Monday. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. Enjoy the finals footy, everyone. Best you, weekend of the year. You as well, my friend. I'll text you on Sunday morning and say, you can do it. What if we, what if we just win? What if what you if, just what, win? What, what if we just do it? And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>